You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee, the first Sunday Coffee installment of baseball season. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, and we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. I like to think of this as yet another installment of Sunday Coffee during the basketball season. Okay. Glass half full, Charlie, this morning? Yeah. So I think that's the thing. And, of course, we're brought to you by our friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange, uh, Strange Brew Coffee House, the original location on Highway 12 and Spring Street. I stopped by there this morning, got my blueberry cobbler-flavored coffee. I want to feel good for the broadcast today, the third and final game of the three-game series. All right, uh, Charlie, of course, churn and spoon ice cream. You have Tupelo. Brupolo, and also Tuscaloosa, our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship that great coffee to you. And so, with it being another installment of Sunday Coffee during basketball season, hey, let's start out on a positive note. Would you like to start basketball? Let's do it. Okay. Cam Matthews is really good. Cam Josh Matthews. Hubbard is really good. Josh Hubbard. That three yesterday at the very end, you're down by two. He pops the three. The hump erupted. That was uh, uh, erupt is a big word. Well, it's uh, for the crowd that was there. It was an eruption. It was it was loud. No, it was more of a gurgle. Like a <laughs> like now we need to stop. No, it got loud for like the final minute. It did. So I'm going to go half empty on you a minute. Oh, okay. All right. So dangerous topic here, but I'm going to try to pull this off. I'm well, listening. I'm all for this. So, if you follow me on Twitter and you listen to this podcast, you know there's a few things that we are passionate about. One is keeping people in the stands. All right. If you've got lower-level tickets, if you've got tickets at all and you're not using them, I've moved a ton of tickets, by the way. Many thanks to everybody who – like, I will just get tickets transferred me throughout the day. And I've since moved you... over 50 a game since we started that. And I think the residual effect of that is this. I think – with this show when us broadcasting together that I get some residuality out of things like that because you wouldn't believe the number of people who have been texting me over the last couple of weeks, and I haven't really said it out loud, but they've been texting me or emailing me, hey, I've got a couple extra tickets. So I'm living that life too, but I am getting them in the hands of people. I have left one seat empty so far. I got four given to me 45 minutes before the game yesterday, and I could only fill three. But I'll I'll take that for the spot we were in. But I want to see more people. But yesterday, it, I thought we did a pretty good job on the alumni side. Got to get the students to buy in, man. And some of them do. Don't don't get me wrong. But the upper deck in the student section was it was sparsely populated. Well, it was your introverts who were up there. Well, you're you're bringing me down. You are bringing me down because no, I'm, I'm speaking my truth. I am positive I today because the last way. thing I want to do is you come in here and you start becoming preachy to certain people. No, what, no, I'm not what? being preachy. I mean, you can look. There's a lot of things that we could say about that, right? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, for, saying, I'm foreshadowing what I'm about to say. Okay, I'm not even <laughs> saying that they're wrong. Yeah. 
I think another thing too is is I was watching yesterday, and I haven't I haven't talked to anybody. I, this is just my observation. In the off season, we took out lower risers behind the broadcast, behind the courtside seats, and we are going to give that. And we want to create a atmosphere for our students. Which hey, I was a student too, and I love having good seats as a student. Yesterday, behind the broadcasters, behind the courtside seats. There were 26 students. Six of them were nanners, right? We had the bananas. You had six bananas. And a pharaoh. Six bananas, a pharaoh, and 19 regulars. And so that being said, hey, if, if you, know, you want to give opportunities to, you know, quote, unquote, create that atmosphere down by the court, you removed some really good seats to do that. And then yesterday you had 26 kids over there. Yeah, and I wonder if the setup's got to be revisited. Maybe you need some risers so that you can see better. Maybe you need some things. I don't know. But it also felt like, because the other thing, I've discovered listening to some of our shows that I'm really good about, like, number one and then never making number two because you get me distracted. Sorry. So I'm going to make number two. Number one was we want people in the seats. Number two is we want them to be in the game. And I thought yesterday that game from the moment we got there had a bit of a pensive feel to it. It was one of those games I think everybody kind of realized the importance of the game. Everybody was nervous. And I don't think many people went to that game and had fun. I don't mean – look, don't get me the wrong way. What I'm saying is, like the mindset, look, I'm no different. I did this. At the end of the game in that final minute, I wasn't making noise. I was trying to control my heart rate. Is it because we've talked ourselves into Arkansas being so bad? From a record standpoint, their record is not very good. I thought early on, I thought early on, we, you know, we got to the rim. I mean, we had eight field goals in the first, you know, seven, eight minutes of the game, and all eight were layups. Now, how about this? 59 of our 71 points, all but 12 of our points came in the paint or at the free throw line. If I'm doing the Arkansas Sunday coffee today, and of course I'm, I've already probably lost my mind to be honest, but I'm sitting there saying, "What do we do defensively? I mean, what are we what are we doing? We're just spreading the floor, letting them get to the rim. I mean, we got to the rim whenever we wanted to, and then uh, hey, you know, you, you felt like you were ahead by 15, 20 points, and you look up at the board and you're up by six, and that's it. Arkansas was getting some decent looks. Yeah, and thank goodness they didn't make many. They took 17 threes and made three. What, what's the problem with Arkansas? Before we dissect, you know, hey, we won the basketball game, man, We and that was a game we had to have. It was a must-win. The end result was a win, and so we won the game. That's all you're measured on right there. What's wrong with Arkansas? Is that just – because I looked out there yesterday, and I'm like, man, individually, talent-wise – they look very good getting off the bus. I think Arkansas is the opposite of what LSU was in baseball. In LSU last year, they went out in baseball. They had the big portal hall. They did a lot of good things. They brought in people, and it worked. Arkansas is the other side of that coin, that going out, bringing in people, doing all these things you normally do. Keep in mind, this is a team that's been making runs. This is a team that's had success as a program, rather, right. in prior years. And now it's not. I think it's the opposite side of the coin. You can go in and you can stir up the ingredients, and sometimes it don't taste good. 
Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think it's just that simple. I think there's – this isn't about talent. And you can't convince me that Musselman's that bad of a coach. I've he seen what he's done. He hasn't been before this year. I think it's an issue of chemistry, yeah. mixology. Well, that uh, – because they, they do not look – I just can't figure them out. And I think the all. mistake we made yesterday – I say the mistake, the problem we had yesterday – we didn't put them away early because that's a team that was looking to quit. What you saw yesterday was a better version of Arkansas than they normally are. They just they played hard. They just couldn't make shots. Well, you don't want to give a team like that the last confidence thinking that they have a chance to win. Yeah, and I think probably my reaction already this morning kind of mirrors what I had going in the game yesterday. I was so worried about losing because had you lost that game, it was over. Their net was 123 coming into the game. That was a game that ends your tournament chances if you lose it. Or very, very close. It puts them on life support, man. Completely. Well, at the end of the day, we can uh, we can gleefully say that we pulled it off. You know what I enjoy doing, Bart? I enjoy looking at the offensive scores, some of the analytics, and the defensive metrics. Best offensive rating, efficiency rating yesterday, Cam Matthews. Was it really? Yep, Cam Matthews with the points produced, with the rebounding. I mean, you go back and look at the game. Here's what Cam Matthews gave you. He gave you 17 points, 10 rebounds, and he was 6 of 7 shooting the basketball. That adds up to a pretty good day usually. Yeah, it does. 17 points. Yeah, Tolu held to eight points yesterday. Hubbard ended up with 19, three threes in the game. Boy, there were a lot of fouls called well, yesterday. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. You know, Arkansas, and some of the Arkansas media, and I've seen some of this where they're talking about the number of free throws that were taken. We we took 32. We were 19 of 32, 59%. They were 14 of 19, 74%. We'll get to the free throws in a minute. Of course, we will. Oh, let's not. But they were called for 25 fouls. We were called for 20. I'm hey, here's where, as a casual observer, I thought they got away with a lot more obvious ones than we did. Um, they had three guys that fouled out. Battle fouled out, Mark fouled out, and then Mitchell fouled out, all with uh, five fouls each. We had four different guys with four fouls yesterday. Tolu, Cam, Hubbard, and then uh, Jimmy and, Bell. And nobody else with more than two. Yeah, we just all bunched in together. I thought Hubbard's second foul early on, you know, put him on the bench early in the game, what, a minute and a half deep? And I didn't really like that call at all. There were several things I didn't like about uh, – Tried to play DJ yesterday. just didn't work. Yeah, it just couldn't go. Couldn't go. You had uh, Terry Oglesby, Patrick Evans, and Jason Baker yesterday as your officials. I, I didn't think they were very good, uh, to be honest with you. But nothing specifically. I just think overall from a factor of – I don't think either team was very happy with it, those three guys. I didn't think so either. Boy, Nate Oates at one point did all he could do to bag a technical foul. Oh, you must have been? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, say Nate Oates. Yeah. They're cut from the same cloth. Yeah, they, they, they look the same to me. So, um, anyway. All right, so you got a big game Wednesday. Got to win it. I was going to say, you know, I was talking about earlier, you know, when I said maybe it's not their fault. Here's the other thing you have to think about in the context of sports. You and I live in the world of wins and losses. That's how we measure things. But at the end of the day, too, basketball is entertainment. Yeah, Sports are entertainment. And I, I still go back all the time. The reason that Vic Schaefer outdrew Ben Howland 
was marketing, and meaning marketing by the coach himself. Right. And you could look out on the team. It was kind of fun to watch them. They played hard, and you could see the improvement. We are a, a I get like we're a wishbone offense of the basketball world, right? We are not the we're not a we're not Joe Moorhead. We're not offensive savants. No, the, no, it's a, <laughs> but it's hard to be both good at defense and offense because you can say, hey, our offense isn't any good. Well, we scored four more than they did yesterday, so we're we're back to five hundred in the league. It's just not. You know, it's tough. It's easier to sell tickets for the air raid than it is the wishbone. You give me that? It is. And what we have is a style of basketball that, right or wrong, our coaching staff believes is what you have to have to win at Mississippi State. And it's just defensive-minded, and you got to kind of grow to love it. It's like beer. It's an acquired taste. I didn't realize that pilots couldn't have beards. Did you know that? Pilots can't have beards? That's what I was told. I guess it's because the, the mask, like if you lose – I was talking about beer being an acquired taste. Oh, I thought you said beard. Okay. No, but the interesting segue. Yeah. Beards. Beards. Okay. I thought you said, okay, whatever. Yeah, beers and acquired taste. I do not well. have an acquired taste for facial hair, but that's a different issue. Well, some people like it. Some people don't. And I'm, so I'm Switzerland. Okay. I am too. All right. Um, we are in the Farm Bureau studios, and this is – Sunday Coffee, the third and final show of this week. We'll have three shows coming at you next week. We've got a busy week upcoming. I guess we need to talk about baseball. The first day, you win 8-4 to four over Air Force. And and we said coming into the weekend that, uh, you know, Air Force was going to be a team that, you know, if you make mistakes, they can beat you. All right. And I know yesterday, let's focus on uh, – let's go right to it. Everybody's talking about the walks in the ninth inning and the, about the issues that cropped up that we saw last year or the past two years. Um, and, yeah, you had some base running mistakes yesterday. We lost three guys at second base after having a you know, few base running mistakes on uh, Friday as well. But, uh, Charlie, I think the thing that you overshadow is what Cal Steven did yesterday. And he threw seven strong innings. There, there are positives and negatives to take away. I'm going to say this: we scored two runs in that game yesterday against Air Force pitching, and they brought zero. They brought nobody back from their pitching staff last year. This is a team that hasn't been able to get outside whatsoever, work what at all in a pitching standpoint. The guy that Hebenstein that, that knocked us down yesterday threw a th- what three innings all last year. We couldn't hit it. Um, we got one run yesterday early because they made an error at third base. We got another run late in the game because we got a leadoff double, sack, sack, scored. Um, I think the offense shares just as much of the brunt as anything. No, more. So, first of all, I think you got to back up and say, what are the, what were the big things? Because I know it's very easy to fall back into this here we go again thing. But what was the thing we've been really bad at the past two years? Pitching, right? That was the thing we all said we got to fix. So let's take it game by game. Would you take the pitching you got in game one most days out on an opener? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nate Dome gave you four good innings. And the other thing about Dome, we know he'd be better. But he threw strikes, threw a lot of them. Then Evan Sierra came in, gave up the one moonshot, but then pitched okay. Um, Davis comes in. Tyler Davis came in, looks good. Struck out two. He looked more comfortable yesterday than I saw him at any time last year. Threw 14 pitches, 11 were strikes. 
And then you got Schulke on the back end who excites a lot of people, right? So Dome, Sierra, Davis, Schulke, if you were grading those, you'd give Dome probably a B plus. Wouldn't you? The only thing yeah. knocking against Dome, what you'd say is, you know, he had to throw some pitches. Well, he only threw 66. I take, I take that back. So, you know, he allowed one earned run in four years. I'm take that back. I'm giving him an A minus. Okay, let me ask you and this. And that's not because I'm knocking him. I'm saying the guy pitched well, but I, I know there's even more in there. Everybody knows the elephant in the room. Everybody's talking about throwing strikes. Don't you think this weekend coming in, okay, this is an Air Force team that uh, has not been able to get outside, do a whole lot of anything. We're just going to live in a strike zone. Guys, you better pound the zone. And so what happens when you go out there and say, we're going to catch the inner th- – I mean, we're going to catch the middle third of the plate. We're, we're going to pound strike zone. You're gonna give up some hits, we and get, they're okay with that. Yeah, you're you're fine. You're fine with a single We've here and a single. We sent eight guys across the mound. Seven of them threw strikes at a very high rate. Only one didn't. All right, only one didn't. So, did you see an improvement in pitching through two games? Yes. You had the two walks, which you hadn't walked many guys. Everybody kept going back to well, we walked two guys on Friday. We actually walked one. The other was intentional, intentional. right? And so, but then you come back yesterday. We have one guy. We've had one guy out of eight have a control problem. And it just it didn't work. But here's the bottom line. We scored two runs against Air Force. I'm just not willing to be as down on the pitching right now as some would have us want to be. Because what Cal Steven gave you yesterday, you have to feel good about. What Dome gave you, what Cole Cheatham did coming in. And Brooks Auger didn't pitch bad. I want to go to that sequence, by well, the way. Well, I was going to go there, too. And I actually went back and, and watched that again this morning because I was just trying to figure out pitch sequence in that last at bat, you know, when we got the two-run single. You know, we had we were down to our final. We, we were one strike away from winning the first two games. The strikeout of Eric Joe beforehand for the second out of the inning, he chases a pitch down and away, slider down and away, gets away, Far enough away, the runners take second and third. Uh, you and I talked about this on the broadcast, about how that pitch essentially took away the slider down to the next batter. That's what it did. Completely took it away. Um, the pitch that the kid hit to right field was not a bad pitch at all. Sometimes you catch the middle of the plate and a guy hits it hard or he, you know, bangs it off the scoreboard, and you're like, well, that was a bad pitch. I mean, it was a knee-high fastball, below-the-knee fastball on the outside corner, or maybe a, a ball off the plate. Um, I know he some stuck people, his bat out there. He stuck his bat out there, and he poked it to right field. It was a good piece of hitting. Now, earlier in that bat, there was a pitch that was belt-high that some of the folks were like, man, that was strike three. No, it was a slider high. You get that pitch called if it's a fastball. He had been calling that pitch a strike all day on fastballs. That was a slider that stayed high. When you get spin at the belt, you're not getting that call. You're just not. And, you know, I, I hate to use the term, well, you just got to tip your hat. No, but the, the kid made a good at bat right there at the end. I thought the big part of that entire sequence was the wild pitch that allowed him to get to second and third. And I'm going to bring something up. And, hey, it's just different ways of doing things. This is just this is just Bart's take right here. And Johnny Long is a good defensive catcher. And – or yesterday it was who? It was Powell. It was yesterday. Powell. It was Jay. Pa- it was it was Powell yesterday. So, and we talked about this a little bit last year. And it's a new age of catching that I probably have to adjust to more than anybody. 
when you put that right knee down. And what you're do, trying to do as a catcher is to get low to give the umpire a view of the plate. But when you put that knee down, you don't have as much lateral movement to get over and block a pitch. And that pitch was not egregious. I went back and watched it. It was not egregious. And so when you put that knee down and you get that slider down, those are things that can happen in the new age of catching. And so for me, an old school guy, that 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 bothers me a little bit just because it's the approach. And then all of a sudden it takes away that bottom half, you know, bottom half breaking ball the next guy. That's the thing I had probably more problem with than anything. Yeah, and that's just a philosophy. That's a, that's just, a philosophy and a personal preference is all that is. Yeah, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But after two games, you feel better or worse about pitching? Oh, I feel better about the pitching. Now, from a hitting standpoint, the thing that Air Force has thrown out there so far this weekend and what they're going to throw out there again today, Weber is going to be a you know, a down in the zone pitching with sink. That's how they pitch in Colorado Springs. They try to keep it low. Movement. It's not overpowering stuff. The only guy that's thrown in the mid um, you know, low 90s has been Garing, the guy at the very end yesterday. And I figured we would hit him because that's kind of what we look at practice all day. So you just hit the point I was going to make, too. One of the things, it is very frustrating to sit and watch guys spin balls up there at 70 miles an hour and throw a fastball at 80 and you can't hit it. But how many times do you see that? Because we hadn't faced it. We hadn't been practicing against that. It's almost like we need uh, practice players. You know, we need some practice pitchers. <laughs> need to bring some JUCO guys in and just let them throw some junk to them. I, say, I need to bring my son out there with his 54-mile-an-hour curveball, you know. You think John Harden can still throw 80? Uh, you know what? We might need to sign him up. We need to bring John Harden back. All right, so we got to hit the other thing. So, pitching, we feel better. Hitting, it's two games. Um, there's, it's clear that some there's some big swings being taken. Well, that's where I was going to go. And, and when you have – you know, lowered velocity, that, that that adage what we use every single day that, that we hate so much about doing too much. What I mean by doing too much is taking big swings. Who has success against pitching like we've seen? Guys with somewhat of a short, compact swing, Bryce Chance. Bryce Chance has had the best at bats. Amani Larry doesn't have big swings. And you look at this weekend about how you've done so far this weekend, Amani Larry has four hits. Bryce Chance – is three for eight. And so, but, man, you know, you've got Amani Larry with four hits. Dakota had two hits on Friday, one hit yesterday. Bryce Chance had the big home run on Friday. He's three for eight on the weekend. But other than that, you haven't had a whole lot of success at the plate so far this weekend. We're only hitting 278 against Air Force pitching. And this is not a knock at Air Force. And, Charlie, I said this yesterday when I was filling up with gas on the way home. And uh, and I was a little irrational at times with you in the conversation, and I apologize for that. But um, I appreciate everything about the Air Force Academy. I appreciate what those guys go through on a daily basis. I thank you. I mean, <laughs> I hope I would wish my son one day would say, you know, that would be a pretty cool deal to play baseball at Air Force would be outstanding. This is not a knock at them personally. This is not a knock at Air Force at all. This is talk about baseball prowess, about the league they play in. I'll bet you $100 right now, me and you, $100 right now. If you look at the net at the, at the RPI ranking at the end of the year, they will not be in the top 150. Pass. You're going to pass? Yeah, I'm not going to take that. Yeah. Um, 
No, I'm not going to take that. And that's not me being a, a jerk at Air Force at all. I'm just saying at the end of the year, there will not be 150. And so that's the thing that's kind of frustrating is, you know, not putting yourself in a position. It's not about giving up the base hit at the end. It's about putting yourself in position to give up the base hit that can get you beat in the ninth inning. Yeah, that was the thing. All right, base running. We haven't really hit on that. One of the things I kept reading yesterday, and I saw some of this on Twitter, is people talking about the first base coach. These aren't first base coach issues. They're First of all, first base coaches, for the most part, very overrated. Are going to like grab your batting gloves, your leg shield, and hand it to somebody. Maybe stick it in their back pocket, because the only thing a first base coach really does is if you've got a ball in the six hole, you got a ball down the line in the left. But when the play's in front of you, that's on the hitter. When it's a decision of whether to take second on a ball down, that's on the I say the hitter. It's on the runner. It's on the base runner. That's not. It's not like the base coach is saying. Take off. Well, let me tell you this too. This 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 ain't ten you. Where if a kid gets picked off at of first base and you yell out there and say, "Well, the first base coach didn't tell him to get back." Let me tell you this: if you're taking a lead at first base at this level, and a pitcher makes a move to first, if you're waiting on the first base coach to say back, you're done. Yeah, you've already been picked off before you've moved. Yes, you're picked off before he says back. That just that's 10-U baseball. All right, so now we had we some of our issues yesterday. I can think of three plays. Two of them were bad luck. Okay, th- there you go. Um, Zap, the catcher, made two plays where our guys read the ball down. And he caught a break because you've got the turf at the plate. It was not a situation where he blocked with chest protector. As a runner at times, when I'm making up in my mind, if I see this ball down, if I see the ball down, I'm going. And out of the hands, they could see the ball was going to bounce. And so that's when they take off. What they are relying on is what they're hoping for is that Zap with a runner at third, instead of trying to catch that ball and corral that ball, he is going to block that ball. If that ball is blocked off the chest protector, you take second easily. What he was able to do, and he got away with it twice, is he was able to essentially catch those balls. It, it came up to him, and he was able to corral those off the chest protector clean. And when you catch those clean and a guy takes off, he did it twice. Sometimes you, you may go three or four games and get away with it one time. He got away with it twice yesterday. And I'm not taking it for our guys, but I'm just saying I understand what they saw. And so I thought Zap just made two pretty good plays. Yeah. Am I, mean, I making excuses? I don't think I am. I mean, that's just true baseball. They they reacted to the read that was there and did what they were supposed to do. They just made a good play. And then now on one. Yeah, on the backside runner getting thrown out, that was a catcher. You know, you got the ball in the right field, throw comes in, looks like it's going through to third, but they cut it off, throw back to first. And I know on Friday night everything's fresh in your mind. You, you had a guy at second base, you had a fly ball to center field, you get him doubled off because he thought it was two outs. That was, that, that's a bad mistake. That's that's a bad mistake of not knowing how many outs there were. So it's it all. And keep kinda, in mind with Powell too. The guy's been here a few weeks. Yeah, I mean that guy wasn't here in the fall. So I mean, it, and but here's the encouraging thing: is if you look at it, do you expect our hitting to be what we've seen this weekend or better? Better. It, it'll. If it's not, we got bigger issues, right? But what's the thing we've we've heard? Look, we're gonna hit. We're gonna hit. All right, so. 
we just got to start hitting. The pitching looks better, and the things that we saw yesterday were game errors that were correctable and or just plain bad luck. So let's talk about the thing we haven't talked about is Friday night, you know, early on, was we've raved in the offseason about Logan Kohler but having a really good third baseman defensively. Mm. And he is uh, – Now I'm going full empty. He made some really good plays – made a really good play at third in the first inning. And you can kind of see that glove. It's really good. Had a, you know, RBI single, his first at bat. And then it was just, hey, it's just a freak play, man. There's nobody there's nobody at fault. And then we have a throw coming into third base. He tries to reach back and make a tag. And he, you know, his, his left shoulder, he reaches up and grabs that left shoulder. And I don't want to – jump into what I think it could have been. But losing him at third base is is was was somewhat tough. I mean, you look in a game yesterday and you know it didn't hurt you. It was a he had an infield single you gave up in the second inning and then the guy gets picked off. And so but it's uh not right. having him at third could be big for you. Is it too early to start using phrases like really important Sunday game? Well, first weekend, uh, hey, you, you can't lose two out of three this weekend. But we're talking about losing one out of two right now, splitting a series right now with a team that's not going to have an RPI over 150 at the end of the year in a home series. So, yeah, I mean, I hate to use the term must win, but you can't lose two out of three on opening weekend. No, you can't. Now, unfortunately, some people are going to be listening to this after that game has been played. feels like a day to me that we're going to come out and win like 13 to 2. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. Hey, I mean, we talk about winning one out of three is not going to be good. Winning two out of three is is okay. But let me tell you who wins three out of three, Charlie. Our good friends at Cannon Ford. They win in the sales. They win in service. They win in the body shop. They can do it all. And we talked about that email we got earlier this week about the, the fine gentleman whose daughter was in school here and had the deer run into the car and, trying to figure out what to do. Your kids, you know, you're not around here. You're not from here. You don't know where to go. And he's like, man, I listened to the podcast and realized you guys talk about Cannon Ford. My daughter took her vehicle there, and they took care of it. I just want to say thank you. And, hey, we appreciate you thanking us. That was a great email. But that's what we come to know is just the way of life for Chris Keene and his fine-run establishment at Cannon Ford of Startville. Newer used cars, the body shop, and also the service center, need your tires rotated, spray and bed liner, need your oil changed, our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startville. All right, Charlie, Gerangelo going to hit the mound today. And, uh, hey, want to see him continue to what uh, to see what we've seen out of the first two starters this weekend, just pound the zone. Yeah, and it'll be one of those chances you get to see how much somebody's improved. You know, Holcomb obviously yesterday had the – had the rough outing with the walks. Um, all right, so, you know, I talked a little bit. We didn't have a negative energy at basketball yesterday at all. We just didn't have much energy. Does that make you get yeah. where I come from? It was a nervous energy there yesterday. Um, there's some negative energy at baseball, and it doesn't come from everybody, but there's some people who are especially loud about it. And you just wonder – you know, we like to talk about having, you know, great fans and knowledgeable fans and all that. But I just have to wonder, like, when you throw ball one, if screaming, dear God, here we go again, throw strikes, is really productive. Yeah. 
I think I think you have a have a few people, and I can give you a certain area of where they're at, who think it's a stick for their part to be the contrarian to scream and yell at everybody when ball one is thrown. Hey, you know, if a guy throws eight balls in a row, I understand frustration. I still wouldn't yell and scream as loud as some people are doing. But it, um, I don't know how to say you got to cheer, be positive, everything you do. I mean, but – Well, uh, some of it, it's not an issue of, in my mind, hey, it's right or wrong to be happy or mad. Some of it is just a complete overreaction to the first sign of anything good or bad. Is that where we are in life now? I mean, when you start thinking about social media and things, everything's an overreaction. But now it's kind of carrying over to everyday life, just somebody trying to enjoy a ball game. And somebody told me, because I was talking to somebody one time and asking about this, and they said, well, what I yell doesn't matter. And I said, well, then why do we yell ball five and ball six when guys can't throw strikes? Are we doing it to entertain ourselves? Or to get in the mind of the opposing pitcher. You can get in your own guys' minds, too. So, anyway, I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just saying – I'm not even saying be positive. I'm just saying some people are very, very quick on the uptake. Some people have gotten over the top. So, hey, um, talk about the outfield. Man, we had two really good crowds to open the season. Yesterday was cold, man. I mean, I was cold. I rarely get cold. What's the old Butch Thompson adage? I love it, too. Oh, that's my and favorite I've used, line. I used it for the last 15 years. Best way to don't get cold is don't get cold because you ever get cold. Butch was layered up one day before a game, and I was like, man, you got like seven shirts on. And he was like, hey, best way to don't get cold is don't get cold because if you ever get cold, you ain't getting warm. Yesterday I got cold. Because, yeah. Because I forgot my jacket. I left it at home. I made a bad decision. I mean, hey, we talk about the bad decisions that we've made in sports. I mean, I made a personal bad decision yesterday. I got about halfway to Louisville, and I was like, you know what? I left my jacket at home. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be all right. And you were at 4, oh, 5, and 5.30. But then I was wearing a blanket. <laughs> I was literally wearing a blanket in about the seventh inning. Coach Polk walks in, and he's like, what are you doing? And then I got fuzz all over my shirt. I had to, you know, use the roller this morning to try to get all this fuzz off my shirt because of the daggum blanket. You're over there laughing at me, the heater. And then, you you know, you want to poke fun at my heater that I got over there that I got on the discount aisle. That thing is barely puts out the heat of a cigarette lighter. But then you stole it, and you were putting it over by your legs yesterday. And my feet I didn't are, even have a blanket. My feet are freezing. So, But I do for today. Do you? Yeah, I, got a, I got a blanket, and I got a jacket today. But yesterday we had really good crowds in the outfield. We had a really good crowd yesterday. I know it was right after basketball, but good crowd for a Saturday game with a wind chill is 34. But uh, saw a lot of people grilling yesterday. Actually had a few folks text me and said, hey, I got some country pleasing on the grill. Got some pictures from the outfield. Hey, you want us to bring you some country pleasing? Um, I think that's another one of the reasons that I was so cold yesterday. I couldn't keep my coffee hot. I mean, it got cold in like the third inning. And then we don't really have time to go get fresh coffee in the middle of the game. But anyway, Country Pleasing. Put it on the grill. Go to countrypleasing.com, and they'll ship it to you. Country Meat Packers, they got that great butcher shop down in the Florence, Mississippi on Highway 49. And also our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how they can help you in your business solutions. Howardcomputers.com, over 4,000 employees in South Mississippi. Billy Howard started it back in the 1960s. And they, they got big in the transformer world and the electrical business, but also now in the technology world. And 
I saw Rusty Toms at a far yesterday sitting in the courtside seats. And Rusty was one of the reasons we were getting those fouls called on Arkansas late yesterday because I think Rusty was kind of yelling to the officials. So good to see our good friends from Howard Technology Solutions. Anything else for the good of the cause, Charlie, or are we ready to head to the ballpark? I cannot decide if today I was too much of an apologist or too much of a critic. I think I was a little of both. I was, we split it pretty good today. And that's how I feel. I'm ambivalent. I feel strongly both ways. I need something positive mentally to happen early today from my standpoint. I need something positive to happen. I need Gerangelo to go out there today and shove it in the first inning. Feel good about today. I do too. All right. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us once again. Thanks to our good friends at uh, Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Hey, I tell you what I'm going to do and what I should have done is I talked about going to get that sweatshirt at Maroon and Company, but I didn't go get it yesterday. Um, I think they're open right now because we're recording this later on a Sunday morning. Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. It's right by Chick-fil-A. Go to maroonandco.com. They'll ship you some jackets, some sweatshirts, some good baseball gear with that M over S logo. Of course, you got the M-State logo as well. If you like the state script, get that too. But our good friends at Maroon & Company, go to maroonandco.com. Type in the code NIL10. They'll give you 10% off your purchase, and they'll send another that 5%. They'll send 5% of that purchase back to the Bulldog Initiative. So that's our good friends at Maroon & Company. And that code works in-store and online. And also our good friends at Cannon Ford of Startville. Howard Technology Solutions, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Country, please, and sausage. All right, Charlie, let's head to the ballpark. Let's do it. Mississippi State and Air Force, 1 o'clock later today, game three of that three-game series. And then, hey, we've got baseball Tuesday night, Tuesday and Wednesday against Austin P. Women's basketball on Thursday against Kentucky. Women's basketball, excuse me, men's basketball Wednesday night, late night against Ole Miss. And so a busy week upcoming for Mississippi State in sports. And hope you'll come up to Startwell and hang out with us. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.